let's just take a look back at the significance of this day and whether today there is sufficient appreciation for what happened uh, on this day in 1960. What is your take on that? Uh, I think um, more could be done in terms of um, acknowledging uh, the heroic acts of the past, particularly uh, the, the march on this day, uh, the massacre, and, you know, to honor, as uh, the question says, those who suffered for justice and freedom uh, in South Africa, so that we, at least this was the basis, the genesis of the struggles that resulted in South Africa having one of the most progressive constitutions in the world that with an expansive uh, bill of rights. So in terms of the uh, Sharpsville uh, uh, massacre, uh, perhaps even to elevate you know, uh, the, the entire area into uh, a heritage site uh, for the nation so that it can be a remembrance and a, a place for reflection that even today, as we mark Human Rights Day, uh, we look back and say, how far have we gone and is the current uh, state of human rights uh, enough to honor those who lost their lives on this day? So if you were to just, you know, take the temperature of the country at the moment, how well or how badly do you think we are faring as a country in respecting, protecting and enforcing human rights? I think what we need to acknowledge is that uh, uh, the foundation, uh, the constitutional values, uh, we have a strong and solid foundation, uh, but in terms of implementation, there are um, uh, serious challenges in a number of areas, and uh, this has, in a way, eroded public confidence uh, in the ability of the primary duty holder in terms of human rights uh, with the authorities in the country uh, to deliver on rights. So, for example, um, we, uh, in the last year, documented that there are some half a million children with disabilities who are out of school, who need access to education. Um, For example, in the last few weeks, there has been a a social crisis in terms of access to social grants, which uh, threatened to jeopardize the basic rights of some 17 million South Africans uh, who uh, need access to those grants. And this was because of bundling in terms of the logistics and the management uh, of the grants. Uh, we also have had cases like uh, life as many, where uh, patients with uh, psychosocial needs were transferred to unregistered institutions, and um, uh, scores of them died as a result. So these are, you know, challenges that point to, you know, the difficulties in, in fulfilling, protecting, and promoting human rights. And of course, we have had recurring, you know, waves of xenophobic violence. Uh, where very few, if any, uh, people have been held accountable by the police in terms of thorough investigations, in terms of um, punishment of those behind those attacks. So these are just indicators at a domestic level. And also, if you look at um, the role of South Africa globally, uh, a number of things have also raised serious questions about commitment to human rights. So, for example, the attempted withdrawal uh, from the ICC uh, which was um, uh, ruled unconstitutional and invalid uh, by the North Houghton Court. That also was an indicator, perhaps, that the government was moving back 
on its commitment to stand with uh, international justice and human rights and to, to stand together with victims of some of the most serious abuses. But in terms of our legacy and in terms of what former President Nelson Mandela said, uh, that human rights should be the light that guides South Africa's foreign policy uh, and help in some serious shortcomings. And how do you suggest we move forward in the best possible way to make sure that every South African actually enjoys these rights uh, conferred on them in the Constitution? There are a number of things that could be done, but primarily uh, the state has a duty to put resources uh, uh, towards the implementation of all human rights. So, for example, access to education, to health, to housing, uh, to clean water, uh, all those things need resources, and the state should prioritize that uh, and ensure that the management of the systems uh, are really watertight. And this means accountability for failure to deliver. Uh, this relates to, for example, the social crimes. Uh, the state should also uh, take a leadership uh, in ensuring that key institutions of state, like the police, do their job well in terms of the thorough investigation of crimes and operations within the framework of the rule of law. Uh, Also, the state should lead together with the media and others uh, in popularizing uh, human rights and ensuring that all members of the community are educated about their rights and about the steps they can take to defend their own rights because there is a huge gap in terms of the good rights on paper and people's capacity and ability to enjoy those rights in reality. So this is something that can be done as well. But also, I think finally, the need to use the Chapter 9 institutions more, like the Public Protector's Office, the South African Human Rights Commission, uh, as beacons to defend rights. Uh, as, as we speak, the ANC National Executive Committee has begun uh, consultations on its policy documents uh, ahead of the... Uh, National Conference of the ANC in December. And this is a good opportunity for communities to be involved uh, in pushing for human rights-centered policies to be advanced by the ANC at a time when people believe that perhaps uh, the ANC might be moving away uh, in, from human rights in terms of its policy focus. Uh, so there is need to continue to remind the governing party uh, about its obligations and about the uh, principal values in the Constitution, which are values of Ubuntu,